there it is. Embedded in the heart of the climactic third parable of Jesus' trilogy on lost and found, in Luke 15, we find the essence of his ministry. Awakenings from Luke 15:17. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. The younger son came to his senses. Or, if you prefer, he came to himself. The verse captures the very moment that the prodigal woke up. We've seen this before. In a faraway land, in a city preached to by a quite reluctant servant named Jonah, in the third chapter of his narrative. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. God knew it was time for Nineveh's wake-up call and commanded his reluctant prophet to cry against the great city. In spite of Jonah's reticence, the Ninevites responded as God knew they would. They were awakened by the call. The use of sleeping as a description for death likely originates in 1 Kings 2.10. Then David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David and was continued in 1 Kings 11.43. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father David and his son Rehoboam reigned in his place. This phrase repeats throughout the succession of kings in First and Second Kings and Second Chronicles. The physician Luke adopted the term when describing the stoning of the first martyr in Acts seven fifty-nine to sixty. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then, falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. It comes as no surprise that Jesus himself used the term asleep to describe death as in Matthew 9:23 through 25 when Jesus came into the official's house and saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder he said leave for the girl has not died but is asleep and they began laughing at him but when the crowd had been sent out he entered and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And when news of his friend Lazarus' death came to him,
John describes in chapter 11, verses 11 through 13. This he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go, so that I may awaken him out of sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was speaking of literal sleep. As a climax of sorts in describing the moment of death, we read in Matthew 27, verses 50 through 53, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. I find three interesting aspects to this passage. First, Jesus, in a parallel to John's account in 1930, yielded up his spirit. What this says to me is, Jesus participated in his final moment. He gave up his spirit. It was not taken from him. Second, prefixed by the command, Behold, the veil of the temple, which history shows was an incredibly heavy curtain, was torn in two from top to bottom. My interpretation of this highly significant moment is this is the exact moment the barrier between God and man was removed forever. Jesus became our high priest, removing that earthly role forever. Finally, Matthew offers in verses 52 and 53 a preview of the prophecy recalled by Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 17. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Daniel, in chapter 12, verse 2, offers our first biblical glimpse of resurrection. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life. 
but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. The Apostle Paul, in describing the resurrection, refers to sleep in 1 Thessalonians 15, 3-8. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. After that he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. Paul emphasizes the distinction when he speaks of the possibility of no resurrection in 1518. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. The contrast is finalized with the hope of the resurrection in 1520. But now Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who were asleep. The point rests not in the sleeping, but in the awakening. When we first really hear the gospel, and we believe what we heard, and we act on that belief by repenting of our sins, we are then awakened from our spiritual slumber. By trusting in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we experience our own awakening, our first resurrection from the grave of our own preparation. It is not expressly stated in Luke 15, but I believe there was more to the younger son's awakening. In order for him to come to himself, there had to be grace. In other words, his repentance had to originate from somewhere, and that somewhere was God. Only through the grace offered by the Heavenly Father could the forgiveness of the earthly Father be made manifest. Only then can his awakening be achieved. Jesus' unanswered prayer for his audience, unanswered at least within the narrative offered by Luke, was for the hardened hearts of the older son, the Pharisees, and the scribes to be softened by the truth. Then they too might be awakened. For now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you.
the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Oh,